welcome to Grace Free Church. This morning, we're so glad that you're here. We are um, starting a brand new series called Abide today. It's a five, maybe six week journey in John chapter 15. I'm just going to kind of click through and deep dive into this one chapter that has some really powerful stuff for us. It's kind of a really important chapter. Um, they're all important, but uh, so we're excited to jump into that together. And I don't have anything else to say. I think we should just pray and we'll, uh, we'll get into it here this morning. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, no matter what baggage we roll into this place with, you meet us right where we are. You love us as we are. It's often overlooked, but such an incredible, incredible thing. And so here we are, we gather together to worship you, to listen for your voice, something we struggle with sometimes. I pray this morning your spirit would move in this place in our hearts that we would, that we would catch a glimpse of you, that we would hear your voice. We don't need more of me. We don't need more of us. We just need more of you. So as we jump into your word this morning, Father, would you just give us insight, direction, comfort, and peace? Help us to know and experience your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brand new series in John chapter 15, and I have a suggestion. You can take it or leave it. But my suggestion would be, like, over the course of the... Why are you laughing at me, Scott? You're laughing at them. Uh, my suggestion would be, over the course of the next couple of weeks, just... Jump in and check this passage out for yourself. John 15, it's an amazing passage, a chapter that Jesus kind of like gave to his disciples right before heading to, uh, well, short, in, soon he would be heading to the cross. Some really important words in there. And uh, I'm going to try to read it every week, if not every day. And I think it'd just be something like, even if you don't get it, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you struggle with part of it, whatever, just reading the word and then coming together and talking through it little by little, I think will be a really powerful thing in your journey with Jesus. We're starting today in the beginning of it, and um, we're talking about an invitation this morning from Jesus to each of us. And a choice we have to make. A choice not to miss the best stuff. You ever realize how easy it is to miss stuff in your life? You ever miss something really important because you're doing a bunch of less important things? You ever miss something pretty obvious because you were distracted by other things? You ever go so fast that you forget something really important? This happens to me all the time. That My, my, my experience of this sometimes seems to be daily. Like just this last week, we were racing out of the house to run to some soccer games in Schuylkill Haven, and I was the last one out of the, out of the house. My oldest was going to play. They're all waiting by the car. You never want to be the last one out of the house because when you're the last one out of the house, you get blamed for being late. Newsflash, we're always late. I'm sorry I, I'm sorry I told everyone, honey, but, uh, but it's true. Like, I, I don't know why, but you're the last one out, you get blamed. Doesn't matter if the whole train was gonna be late, like by half an hour. If you're the last one out of the house, you get blamed. So I'm rushing around like a crazy person trying to just beat the last kid out. I thought about tripping him. <laughs> but I didn't. 
feel like somebody should give me credit for that. No, you guys. I'm rushing out. I'm like, I need my sunglasses. I threw my Phillies hat on because they're clearly worth rooting for. And uh, threw my Phillies hat on. I'm looking for, I want my black sunglasses. I look at the kitchen island. There they are sitting right there. Black, glossy sunglasses. I grab them. I rush out the door. I'm not driving Thank goodness. So Jen's in the driver's seat. The kids are on the back. Everybody starts to blame me for making everybody late. I jump in the car and I'm like, go to take the sunglasses and put them on. And I'm like, these are way too small. Same brand. They're way too small. Like, these aren't my sunglasses. I said, Jen, these aren't my sunglasses. I know I always put sunglasses on my hat like a good ex-baseball player always does. So I reached up on my hat and there were sunglasses. I pulled them off. Wrong sunglasses. I said, Jen, I grabbed your black sunglasses. These aren't my black sunglasses. Where are my black sunglasses? And she says, they're on your face. (laughs) So ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like you have to look through them. It doesn't take a genius to say, huh, I don't know where my sunglasses are, but things look a little darker. (laughs) You know, like... Hey, Captain Obvious, (laughs) we miss important stuff. The faster we go, the more we run through life. The busier you are, the more crazy your schedule, the, the more expectations that are placed on you by people around you, the more there is to do on your to do list, the easier it is to miss really important stuff. And sometimes you can miss the most important stuff. This message in this chapter, what we're going to talk about is something different, but it's something I think I really need, and maybe if you're anything like me, and you have a tendency to go fast and miss things, if you, if you struggle to keep up with your schedule, if you're struggling in your relationships because you're just spinning, 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 and you feel like you're never really getting anywhere, Maybe this morning, this, these next couple weeks, this, these messages are for you too. It's called Abide. And today, this message, this passage from Jesus, it offers us an invitation and a choice. Now, I gotta tell you, like the, the first part you have to understand about this before I read it, it's, this is written to, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. So this is for found people. This challenge, this invitation, this choice, it's for found people. Now, if you're, if you're not sure what you believe and you're like, man, I'm, a, I'm not sure, maybe I'm agnostic, maybe I'm an atheist, I'm trying to figure it all out, I'm really confused, I'm here because I want to Learn more, I'm, I'm open, I'm exploring. I want you to know that you're loved here. We love you no matter who you are. We love you if you've never been to church. We love you if you're whatever you believe, whoever you are, that's part of our job here and what makes this place so special, this church so special. No matter how you walked in here, no matter what preconceived notions you have of God, no matter how you would characterize yourself in your faith or your belief or your lack of either of those two things, please know that you are loved here. We care about you. You're important. We believe you have value to God even if you don't believe in God. We believe your questions are legitimate and the concerns of your heart are something that we believe that Jesus speaks a lot of love and a lot of 
truth to you and I want to invite you to just explore, but for the next couple weeks, what you're going to be doing in this passage is looking at these words from Jesus kind of from the outside and consider, this is my challenge to you, consider who this Jesus is and what he's saying. His invitation to you is different than the invitation in this message. His invitation to you is just come to me. You got burdens, you weighed down, you need forgiveness, a fresh start. His invitation to you is just come to me. Whoever you are, I, I have what you need. I've paid the price for you. Everything that you have is found in him and his invitation is just to come to him. But this here in this passage is Jesus talking to found people. These are the people that are like, yeah, I already believe in God and Jesus. At one point or another, I decided to follow him. I've given him my heart. I, 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 I believe I'm a follower like Jesus is my savior. He's, he's the one I follow. Like I'm then this invitation and this challenge is for you. Abide. And it's a challenge for you because found people can get distracted. Found people can wander. Isaiah 53, 6. All of us like sheep have gone astray, right? Like, Found people can get apathetic. Found people can take for granted what being found means. Have you ever been in any of those spots? Have you ever felt like, man, I just don't, I believe it, I just don't care. I believe it, I just want to do my own thing. I believe it, I'm just distracted. I got all these other things going on, so many important things pulling me in every direction. I, I believe it, but I'm distracted. I, I, I believe it, but I, I'm taking it for granted. Then this invitation is for you because when we just wander, when we take it for granted what being found means, when we get distracted by all the busyness and the chaos of life, we miss what's right in front of us. And it's the most important thing. We miss the best stuff. And this is an invitation. And it's a choice that you have to make to not miss the best stuff that is found with this Jesus. John 15, verses one through four, it says this. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. This is Jesus speaking. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. Or that, that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as also I remain in you. Now, I'm reading this out of the NIV. I don't know if you know this. There's lots of different translations. What's funny is I titled this series called It's Abide. It's a series my father and I wrote together before he left this earth, um, the last month before he left this earth. It's an important, uh, important to know that that word remain means abide. So everywhere you read this, if you're in the NIV, they translate it remain. That's just so it's simple and easier to understand because nobody but the big Lombowski uses the word abide anymore, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something you're going around like school and being like, yo, dude, 
let's just go abide, right? Nobody uses it anymore. That's why the NIV uses this word remain instead of abide. But you can read this. It says, abide in me as I also abide or remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide or remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. See, this is important to, to jump into because we skip this invitation. In Christian circles and churches, the, the message is, all, is usually like, oh, come, the invitation is come to know Jesus, come to give him your life. That's where your hope and your eternity is all found, and that's really important. And we skip right over to that. Now go and serve. Go and do this. Go and do that. Go and use your gifts. Step into your purpose. Go and step into your purpose. Go do, do, do all these great things for God or because of God or to help others. And that's all really nice. I preach those messages. But, but here's what I'm learning. Here's what I was challenged with this week, right? Like there's another invitation in between those. We skip it. And we miss the best stuff when we skip it. It's not come and go. Is come and then abide with me. Remain with me. This is the invitation we skip. It's not an invitation to follow or go use your gifts. It's just an invitation to be with him. The word abide, I've been saying it wrong all week because I've watched way too many kid videos in my lifetime. I've been saying Nemo every time the word comes up. It's a Greek word. It's actually Mino. Mino, not Nemo. You can see how I messed that up, right? It's pretty simple. And in reality, I don't even know why I brought that up. Because if I said Nemo, nobody would even pay attention to that anyway. You don't care about Greek. The kids would be like, Nemo? What? We get to watch a movie? On the ride home, you do. I just threw a bunch of parents under the bus. <laughs> um, it means to wait, remain in one place. And when you take it and you apply it spiritually, it means to make your home in Jesus. It doesn't mean to do a bunch of stuff for him. It doesn't mean to check a bunch of boxes off the list. It's not about where you go or what you can accomplish or how good you are at doing what you do. It's just about learning how to sit with Jesus, to experience relational closeness with Jesus, to understand this intimacy you can have with this one who loves you and gave his life for you. Has life been hectic? crazy? Is it spinning out on anybody? Have you been overwhelmed with the expectations other people place on you? You feel like you're burning out? Not sure how you're going to get from day to day to day? Seems like all the good things are slipping through your fingers and you're left with just managing this chaos of life being torn around by the schedule and the calendar and the demands that everybody has on you? Have, been people dis have people been disappointing and getting you down and you're like, I'm not even sure why I'm here? The key is learning to abide. Maybe you're just like, I want more. I want more of the good stuff in life. I got a little bit of good stuff. Things haven't been 
terrible. Maybe I'd even say I'm like hashtag blessed in some areas of my life, but I want more. I want more meaning and purpose. I want more peace and joy. I want my relationships to be better. I want my work to be better. I want more. I want to I want to experience more happiness. That's that's an okay thing to want. The key is learning to abide. It's the key. Whether life has got you really beat up and down or whether things are good and you're just looking for more purpose and more meaning and more joy and more of the good stuff. The key is learning how to abide. Don't miss the best stuff. There's a great example of this in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, Jesus is hanging, wandering around and it says this in verse 38. Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister. By the way, that's a really cool thing, right? Like Martha, way to go, Martha. Like you open your home to Jesus. I don't know if she ran around the house and cleaned all the bathrooms quick or whatever. You know, you know how we do, right? Like quick, quick, yeah, he can come in, but quick, grab the laundry and throw it under the bed and do it. No, that's just, that's not me either. I'm just... Uh, speculating, just speculating, take it easy. (laughs) Martha, what an awesome thing you did, man. Jesus is coming through town. You don't maybe even understand all of who he is or how important he is. You, You can't possibly get all that he would do for you, but you still invited him in. What an awesome thing for Martha. Woohoo, Martha. It says this, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. It sounds nice, but it really irked Martha. Because it goes on, it says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen, I got this part underlined, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This picture of Mary and Martha, it's, a, it's two pictures It's a picture of good, and it's a picture of better. You have the many things versus the one thing. You have distracted versus listening. You have doing more versus doing better. All caught in this picture of Mary and Martha. Martha's like, honestly, the one that in church leadership and in people cheer for the most. I've cheered for, we do these things called like our 
Team nights where we invite everybody that serves across. We have two locations and multiple services and all kinds of ministries. We invite everybody that volunteers in any capacity or people that are on the fence and want to want to serve. We invite them to these team nights. We like have a great time together. We sing some stuff. It's usually an inspirational message, and then we bring up a huge cake onto the stage, and we pick one volunteer, and we celebrate that one volunteer because of all the work they did. Martha would win it all the time. She'd be like, Let's, I'd be like, get her on the stage. Is Martha here? She's the hero of the day. Look at all the stuff she does. She accomplishes more here than any other volunteer. She's so motivated. She's so good. She's doing all this stuff for God, doing all this stuff because she loves people. But the whole time she'd be missing it. It's because we don't value this thing called abiding. We value doing stuff. We value people coming to faith. But we miss this big invitation in the middle. I do it. I get so busy doing things that I, I, I miss the most important stuff. This last week, I got, I was, uh, I'm part of a district leadership team. And so I, we had our uh, annual retreat. There's, there's probably like, I don't know, maybe 30 people on this team. And uh, so we all were headed to New Jersey this week right after last Sunday, to kind of do a retreat. I usually get pumped up for this stuff, like the leadership nerd in me gets all geeked out. I'm getting all excited on the drive down. I'm re reacquainting myself with leadership podcasts that I love so that I got some insightful things to share. I mean, this is a group of people who are like super high performers. They crush it in their ministries. They crush it in life. They're doing all kinds of incredible creative things for God. It's such an incredible team. I'm driving down there. I'm like, oh man, maybe we can get like, we're going to have some whiteboard sessions. We're going to like crank out some new innovative ideas and how to help and serve our community. Communities. Maybe we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into some leadership work and just kind of like get into it. I'm like all excited. Maybe we'll have some mastermind sessions or some breakout groups. I'm getting all like leader nerdy about it. And uh, we get down there and we have our first meeting. We get checked into the rooms. We have our first meeting in this little conference room. And the leader of this whole thing, our district superintendent, looks at me uh, at all of us and he goes, "All right, this week, this this these couple days." We're just going to spend time with Jesus. I didn't say it, but I thought. I drove all the way to New Jersey. I could spend time with Jesus anywhere. I don't, but I could. I, I, we came all the way to Jersey. We're not going to do any leadership stuff. We're not going to do any innovative stuff. We're not going to create anything awesome. We're just... Kind of spend time with Jesus? He busted open his Bible and he starts walking through Psalm 23 and I'm like, please don't tell anybody this. I don't want him to get out there into the world. <laughs> but I'm like, thank you, internet. Uh, I'm like, I know Psalm 23. I don't need to, my attitude was so bad. I don't need to study Psalm 23. We were sitting around talking, and one of my friends is uh, a pastor in Baltimore, runs this peace park. It's really an incredible thing. And uh, he 
He said, you know, it says goodness and mercy will follow us. And maybe this group of people need to slow down enough to let him catch us. I was like floored. All right, Jesus, <laughs> I got it. I don't need to do more things for you. I just need to be with you. You think that I would be with you a lot, being a pastor, but it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to give in to the expectations of others. It's easy to run 100 miles per hour. It's easy to just work through the checklist and not actually abide. I've been missing the best stuff. Have you? Martha was doing all the things that we would say good job to, but she missed the best thing. Do you miss the best thing because you're just too distracted by your chaotic schedule? Do you miss the best thing because you're being pulled by the expectations of others? You miss the best thing because you are a servant of your own agenda. It's running your life, maybe even ruining it. The key for me and maybe for you is to learn to abide. I got three things here that I think I'm, I'm gonna try to practice and maybe you could try to practice if you want to learn to abide more in your relationship with Jesus, not miss the best stuff he has for you. I got three things. The first thing is this. I need to up my relational intentionality with Jesus. Yes, those are all words. I know you don't hear them a lot. Intentionality. Relational intentionality is a vital piece to any relationship. We know this, even though we don't practice it because we get too busy, right? But like, you gotta, you gotta be intentional about your relationships if you want them to get to a healthy space. Like, guys, you can't just run around and do whatever you wanna do all day and just serve yourself and just think about yourself and just do what makes you ha happy and then expect to just come home and have a spouse that does everything else for you and makes you happy. You can't, it takes some relational intentionality. Like, I gotta shift my time a little bit. I gotta realize that if I want my marriage to grow and to be better, if I want any relationship to grow and to be better, if I want my friendships to be thicker, if I want more friends, any, you apply this to any relationship. If I want to have a healthy relationship, it takes relational intentionality. I gotta be intentional about how I treat the people in my life. I gotta be intentional about how I speak to the people. I can't just say what's on my mind every time. You know how dumb that plan is? I get, I, that's a, maybe not for you, but for me, that's a dumb plan. It takes being relationally intentional. We know it's true. We don't practice it in the most important relationships on earth. Maybe that's why we get distracted and we wonder why everything blows up or things go south. It takes relational intentionality in every relationship as if that's how relationships were designed to work. And your relationship with God takes intentional, it's relational, Relational intentionality. 
You have to be intentional about your relationship with God. Uh, maybe I gotta shift some time, do some things differently, turn off the Phillies podcast that just has me showing up to work angry, and turn on something that feeds me spiritually. But it takes relational intentionality for me to abide with Jesus. I gotta, I gotta slow down. I gotta reacquaint myself with him. I gotta spend some time with him. What, what if I don't understand what I read? Who cares? <laughs> this is a, an invitation of found people. You have the Holy Spirit residing inside you to help illuminate what you need to know. Maybe you don't need to know more things. Maybe you need to just learn to sit with what you already know about him. What if I don't hear anything? When I get done my grocery list of things I pray for her every day, then just wait longer. God will show up. Maybe not the way you expect him to. Maybe not how you think you'll hear him. But he will show up when you start to get intentional about your time with him. The other thing I need to do is I need to not just slow down and be more intentional in my relationship with him. I need to just stop sometimes and fall back and rest with him. What's better than all the things you do for God is the time you spend with him. What's better than racing around and checking all the things off your list is slowing down and finding spiritual rest in him. I stink at this one so bad, but I'm trying. I'm trying harder to slow down and to just be intentional and find my rest in this Jesus. I don't gotta do stuff for other people. I don't gotta do stuff for him. I don't have to do anything when he's just calling me to be with him. And the last thing I, I, wanna, I wanna try doing in my life to be a little better about this is I wanna practice a, a faith walkabout. I don't like the ideas of walkabouts. You ever hear these things? There's these, there's these ideas that like you get like a cool staff and a weird vest and you do a walkabout. People do walkabouts looking for spiritual enlightenment. First of all, why would you walk about to see some stuff when you can drive about to see some stuff? <laughs> Be down. Some guys are like, preach it, brother. I'm down for drive about. Drive about sounds like my pace. <laughs> some of you are like, maybe you should walk about a little bit more. <laughs> Touche, you're right. You know, walkabouts, people are looking for some sort of spiritual enlightenment. It's any kind of spiritual enlightenment you're searching for not in Jesus, is a false spiritual enlightenment. He's the true vine. He's the true source of life. He's the true light in the darkness. He's the true Emmanuel. But, but I gotta learn how to practice walking about with my faith. You see, there's something really cool about learning how to abide with Jesus when I'm inviting him just into all the spaces I go into when I'm bringing my faith with me, when I'm, when I'm considering my faith in my relationships, in my workplace, and what I do, and my purpose, and my, 
in, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my words, I start inviting him to come with me and I learn to see his presence in areas of my life that I've been keeping him out of. When you learn to see his presence in areas of your life, there is a deepness that comes to relationship with him, a closeness that is so good. It's abiding and making your home, making your life with him. So I gotta learn how to abide. I don't wanna skip this invitation, this choice that Jesus lays out in front of me. Oh, and by the way, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the branches. We are the branches in this passage. And here's what you need to know. I got super nerdy studying this. <laughs> some wine nerd. You ever know any wine nerds? Maybe some of you are wine nerds, although you'll never admit it in church because you're like, am I allowed to be? A? But you like swirl a glass of smell and like sip and spit it out and do all this really nerdy stuff. You know all the flavors and notes and tones and you're weird. <laughs> I love you, but I don't get it. Anyway, <laughs> maybe it's because I grew up in the skook. Those fancy things, right? Like, and it, you know, um, but I did, I did get super nerdy in studying this because I was learning about wines and grapes and the, wine dre the vine dresser, which is another name for the gardener. And uh, here's what I learned about vines and branches and vine dressers, a.k.a. gardeners. The branches are unique. Each branch off the vine is different has different challenges to growth, curls up the little frames they build for these things differently, gets some grow faster, some grow slower, some need less pruning, others need lots of pruning. And here's what I learned about this. The, the branches are each so unique and they're each deeply known. You see, the gardener, the father, knows exactly what each branch attached to the vine needs to get the most out of life and to be the most fruitful. The branches are known. The, the, vine, the vine in this is the source of life to every branch. They, they don't have life without the vine. The vine in this passage is Jesus, the source of life, the one who promised that he didn't come to make your life weird or miserable or to make you some sort of religious freak or loser. He came that you may have life, his words, and life abundantly to the full. It doesn't mean you're gonna have a padded checking account. It means that you're gonna have a full heart, that he's going to meet your deepest needs, the needs only he can meet as the designer of life, the one with whom you were created for. The vine has life. And the gardener cares deeply about the branches. He knows them intimately, and he cares so deeply. No matter who you are, no matter what you decide to do with this invitation to abide, no matter where you are in your journey, in your walk, 
the invitation is for you, but know this, that the gardener knows you intimately and he cares deeply about you, about your needs, about your heart, about what's going on in your life. He is not distant and disconnected. You are intimately known by a God who loves you as you are. And that should bring hope to all of us. The invitation is there, right, to learn a new way to live, a new way to do life with him. It's a, it's a choice that we all have to make, an invitation to not miss the best stuff by learning a new way to be in relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your love for us, for all you do for us. And I just pray that this would be an encouragement to somebody out there who's been going crazy, running at the breakneck speed of a hectic life, being pulled by the expectations of others in every way, that, that they would hear your voice just saying, slow down. You don't need all this crazy stuff. You just need me. Stop being distracted. There's a better way. Stop being torn apart by life. I have something better for you. That we would all hear that voice cracking through our crazy schedules. And that we would have the courage, that's what it takes, the courage to just slow down and to abide in you and with you. I know that if we do, we'll see fruit. We'll probably even see fruit this week. You will begin to breathe life into those dry areas because that's what a good gardener does. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen.